Vegas Bad Boys Podcast presents Matt Michaels People I Don't Hate Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels here on the Vegas Bad Boys Podcasting. Today I'm joined by Sin City Steve and Simon Street and we are ecstatic to welcome honestly one of my favorite wrestlers in the last 20 years, man, and that is Sonny Kiss, AEW Born and bred. <laughs> How you doing, Sonny? Hi, thank you guys so much for having me. That was quite the intro. <laughs> um, thank you. I, you know, getting into you know your history and looking into your your life that's out there in the public. My first thing is your birthday is December 11th, and so is mine. So that just makes that connection so wonderful i love that and fact. and though so is nikki six from motley crew and ray mysterio wow mysterio didn't too. even know that all right no. wow awesome. that's good company that's good company seriously <laughs> without a doubt well you know in my in my like high school life i loved the performing arts and you know we shared the birthday and we kind of shared that love of performing arts but I didn't mind in public school. You had the, I mean, blessing of going to a performing arts academy. What was it like for you in terms of, was it, um, did you feel more accepted in that environment and help, did it help you find out who you are? Uh, absolutely. I feel like public schools and, and performing arts schools and things like that, I think, they have like a diversity where it's like so many so many kids of all different walks of life. Like they come they come to that school for a specific reason. It's like, you know, whether it's musical theater or dance or singing or acting, it's like, you know, it's from they're from everywhere. So it's like I feel like it definitely shaped who I am today in the sense that I have like a little bit of culture from, you know, everywhere. Like I've I've got to know other cultures, I don't know, just other experiences. But for sure, yeah, it definitely like helped me become who I am today. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And so obviously uh, your accomplishments as a dancer are, are well documented. Uh, what, what music video was the most fun to work on as a dancer? And did you choreograph it? So, okay, so here's the thing. So when you do backup dancing for like indie artists, a lot of times um, they'll like try to go for the music video and try to do it, but the budget's not there or the timing's not there. So I've been set to choreograph and dance in several music videos that never happened. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That's a shame. Yeah, that's... They, lo well, they lost out on the the best talent in, in terms of what they could, you know, have for a music video. Right. That stinks. I know, totally sucked. Well, you know what? You know, kind of speaking of your skills in your dance, which is definitely top shelf, what would you say, you know, with having that, that that dance background, was that easy to kind of transition that into your ring work? Oh yeah, I feel like um, if you look at some of the best wrestlers from R-Truth to Naomi, like their dance background definitely helped them eat Torres, you know, people like that. So it really does shape you as a wrestler because you have that performing arts background, you have the, the flexibility, the athleticism, you know, the way your just the way your body just moves in the ring like it gives you like a uniqueness and while you're doing that as you can tell all dancers you know they have that that you know fluidness about them but they all have it in their own unique way so i think that that definitely gave me an edge in wrestling it made it a little bit easier 
right yeah. And, and, you know, what I love about, you know, your whole presentation, your whole, um, your, your, everything that you put out in the public, your whole life that you allow people to see is wonderful because it celebrates the pride you have in, in yourself. And Pride Month starts uh, next week uh, with representation and inclusion for all being such an important issue, how do you feel about the strides that have been made for the LGBTQ representation and inclusion in pro wrestling? And do you think you're, think of yourself as a leader of that movement? Uh, definitely one of them, but I will say I'm very, very proud of how far we've come. Um, the fact that myself and we have Nyla, who's the first ever world, uh, world's women's champion who's trans, trans woman, um, that's incredible. Like you have so many of us, Anthony Bowens, uh, you know, Aubrey Edwards, you know, Kier, uh, uh, I can go and name them all, but there's so many of us, you know, that are assigned to one company where I think back in the day they probably would have one and it, it would be a gimmick and it would, it would be very like not authentic. It would just be more of a comedy thing. Whereas like you see us now, we're being taken more seriously. Like we have people on the indies like Devon Monroe, who's like killing it and just like really, really like carrying on that torch. And yeah, no, um, I love how far we've come. I love the fact that, you know, there's so many of us that are leading this revolution and we're all leading in, you know, the same direction, but just in different lanes. And it's incredible. You know, really quick, I want to follow up on that. Um, when you started out, did you feel accepted in terms of uh, how you were treated? Because I know it's hard enough to break into wrestling um, just as, you know, someone who wanted to start wrestling. But then when people start seeing, you know, personalities or uh, race or, you know, anything else that they might be biased towards, did you experience any of that? Because I know that some people just can be really cruel. Um, I definitely had my moments, for sure. Um, sometimes I remember them differently. Like, sometimes I remember them a little bit more harshly than others. I think it just depends. But overall, when I really look back, I think my experience was awesome. I didn't really have too many bad experiences, bad encounters. Um, when I did, they were taken care of promptly. Um, I, I've had nothing but support from the majority of the locker rooms that I've been in. And um, they, a lot of times they come to my defense. Um, even when some, you know, large public figures would say some things. Um, yeah, yeah. Overall, I've had nothing but love. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, now, not to speak for all of us, but uh, I know that personally, my favorite uh, angler storyline that you were involved in so far uh, in AEW was your teaming with and then feuding with Joey Janela. Uh, how did that pairing come about? And is there anybody else on the roster right now that you'd be interested in forming a tag team? Oh, those are some really good questions. Um, I absolutely love the team with Joey, and I love feuding with Joey. I think the 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 tag team um, didn't last long enough, and the feud lasted too long. The feud lasted nine months, and the thing is, we only had two matches in that nine months. So, I wish that definitely the tag team lasted a lot, a lot longer. It came about because it was supposed to happen in New Jersey. Um, we were going to be, because I think it was Rochester, then it was Jersey right after that, right before the pandemic fully hit it. Um, it was supposed to happen in Jersey. 
Um, it was always the plan, I think. I think it was going to be like a one-off, though. We were doing it in Jacksonville, and the chemistry was so natural because Joey and I have known each other for a long time. We've done the drives together, listening to our new metal, you know, going to Canada. <laughs> so um, we had a, <laughs> yeah, we had a natural chemistry. So um, I think that it was obvious to the fans and to, to, to TK, and he um, just kind of ran with it. Um, and the experiences were always great. Joey pushed me to be a better, better like wrestler every time I went out there. Um, he tried, he pushed me to try things, and our view definitely it honestly created the the alias that I have, which is beautiful badass, which is kind of the same concept as, as Concrete Rose. It's just that beautiful badass is a little bit darker, it's a little edgier. It's not so much of the Concrete Rose, which is more like the girl next door who's like kind of tough. Whereas beautiful badass is like this dark bad bitch, so it's kind of yeah. yeah, it definitely like helped me in so many ways. So I'm very grateful that for the tag team and the feud because they definitely helped shape who Sunny Kiss is in 2022. Right on, right on. You know, and you mentioned a little bit earlier about TK, and for those maybe listening who don't know who TK is, we're talking about your boss Tony Khan. Yeah, and I I've always wanted to ask this question with someone who is on the AEW roster: What are the benefits? of having Tony Khan as a boss? Um, he understands minorities. He understands um, uh, the new and the old. He, he's, he's definitely a very, very smart, very like business-minded. He knows exactly what the people of our generation want to see. He knows good wrestling. And um, I, I just love the fact that he's understanding. He's very, very understanding of how passionate a lot of us are. And he has a true passion as a wrestling fan so i feel like he just gets it and you know we're able to talk with him and he's you know able to like understand how we feel about certain things and we really communicate i feel like that's the best thing he really communicates with us awesome just just following up on that because that's that's a great description um is there any sense of um him just kind of uh having a sense of humor and joking around with the guys because you know, a lot of times you hear stories about you know certain bosses of whatever you know industry you're in who can be a little overbearing and not have a sense of humor is is he someone you can approach and just kind of have a couple of laughs with yeah um we definitely have a great times with tk and you know sometimes we'll go like we'll have like our after party events and he's very much like hands-on with us talking with us and you know we've He's great. Like he's total, like chill down to earth, and I feel like he just honestly is like in on it. Like he's our boss, and he establishes that, and there's he establishes those boundaries. But also too, if he's not afraid to have fun with us as well. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, you, you know, and you're an extremely talented individual. You shined as a performer on Who We Are, a celebration of excellence, Volume One. And the album tells the stories of over 20 African-American wrestlers on the AEW roster. Now, what was your involvement in creating this song, What You Looking At? And <laughs> could you give us just a little bit of uh, of the song, a couple bars? We're about to hit the show, hit the show. Oh, oh. Yeah. So okay. I, I, I co-wrote awesome. co that song with Brenton. Um, it's a dance song. It's like a, it's got a house vibe. It's a little dance vibe, which is actually different than a lot of the um, rest of the album. The album is yeah. mainly prim it's primarily hip hop, but there's you know my song, which is dance, dance pop, and then there's 
Anthony Bowen song, which is more like alternative rock, kind of post-grungy. And then you have some Latin roots, some reggae roots, some soul roots, you know. You have a lot of different elements on the album. Um, but I definitely wanted, um, I wanted to be involved with my song because I sing and I rap and I, you know, I perform. And I wanted to really just kind of like, just do something different. And I feel like the fans would appreciate that uh, if I actually had a hand in writing it. Um, he approached me with a project. I know it was happening like probably like a month prior to it, its release. Um, he was like, you want to do your own song? And I'm like, hell yeah, I do. <laughs> so I wrote the song in like a, not even a day. And I sent it back to them, um, the, the idea that I had. And I had a beat sent the next day. I went to record it. We had it done less than a week. It was so easy. Um, I just wanted fans to really kind of like get a vibe, get a feel for like, and this is, it's not meant to be taken too seriously. But it's meant to be like, you know, it, it has kind of like a, both like a double meaning, multiple meanings. It's like, what you're looking at, like, I'll kick your ass. Like, don't let this look fool you, fool you. But also, um, what you're looking at, like, you know, you, I'm so dope. Like, you never seen no one like me. Like, you know, it's it's just not meant to be taken too seriously. Like, it's a little bit like, it's a, it's a song meant to be, meant to empower and to make you feel confident. It's awesome. And it made my rotation for working out too. So that's big, you know, to, to have a song where you can actually say, yeah, man, I love when that comes on and I'm working out in that playlist. Yeah. It, it just takes that me was, to another place. Yeah, that was the plan. Yeah, that was awesome. the plan. I wanted people to like get on the dance floor, but also feel confident, but also really like reflect with it um, to really just kind of like feel tough and feel sexy and just kind of groove. Like, don't take yourself too seriously, but also let them know that it can get serious, you know, if you try me. So, yeah. That's awesome. No. And now, obviously, looking good, looking sexy, feeling sexy. Where do you get your sense of fashion from? And who is your favorite designer? So, I honestly, um, I, I like a lot of, I'm so obsessed with the Y2K era. Like, um, I, I'm very, it's, it's kind of like a mixture of different things. Um, sometimes it's a little more sporty, like today I'm just wearing a little cropped sweatshirt and some sweatshirts um, with some bands on. You know, I'm really, really chill and sporty, but also I like the grunge look. I like like the Y2K, you know, uh, denim looks. So I'm like, you know, just kind of more so that era. I'm, a, I'm, I'm like a nostalgia junkie is what I call myself, like a nostalgia junkie. So I grew up in the 1990s and 2000s. I was born in 93. Um, I love the whole, like, you know, alt look, but I also love the, the teeny bopper look. So I kind of combine those things. And uh, I don't really have a favorite fashion designer because I don't care too much about designers themselves. I just, I just like what I like. And it doesn't matter, you know, what it costs. It could be the, a $4 shirt from Target. If I like it, I like it. So It's dope. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, finally, as everybody knows, unless you've lived under a rock, AEW is back in Las Vegas for Double or Nothing this Sunday. But in 2019, you were at the Double or Nothing rally, where it really started. Since that time, has there been anything, you know, your expectations and your desires in this past three years that have come to reality? Um, I think the fact that I'm even here um, it's, it's, it's just huge for me. Definitely, um, sometimes I don't take it in as much as I should. But the fact that I'm here, I'm mentored by my idols, Dustin Rhodes and Billy Gunn, you know, people like that. Um, I've grown such a great relationship with people that I truly like admire, like FTR, um, 
like Jay Lethal, like Malachi Black, who I adore. Malachi Black is absolutely amazing. Um, and I'm watching him on TV and now working with him and now him taking me under his wing. It's like such a great feeling. So honestly, like I just really just, what I take from these past couple of years is that, you know, it's only the beginning and I should keep going and keep pushing. Oh, I forgot to answer one of your questions. Uh, if I were to team with somebody, it probably would be like maybe Top Flight. I've mentioned this idea before, like so Top Flight, Private Party. Um, I think there was something with the gun club that was gonna that was there. I, well, mostly just me with Billy. Um, that we had an idea with that. I missed teaming with Dustin. I thought that that was such a cool thing that they could have capitalized off of. Yeah. Um, and obviously, the latest one is the baddies, which there's been like over thousands of like honestly like kind of like petitions to kind of get me to join, which I think is I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Yeah, it's probably the most organic faction that I probably could mm. join. Oh yeah. So I would say the I would say the baddies. I feel like that feels a lot more organic, especially right now. I feel like it's the most probable and probably the easiest to maneuver through. I think it'd be a really fun idea for sure. I think it'd be great. You know, yeah. and uh, Stephen and uh, Simon, if you have uh, any last questions, um, you can throw them in. Let me ask you one more myself, and that is, you know, you're such, uh, I mean, you're such a wonderful person. You're full of life. Um, it's just such a pleasure to watch you. Um, whether it is, you know, in a promo in the ring or, you know, just uh, sitting here talking to you. It's just wonderful. Do you really understand the impact that you have on the young kids out there who are able to look at you and go, I see someone on TV who I see in myself? Does that, I mean, um, does, do you ever think of that? I was just telling someone the other day. Um, actually, so I spoke to the kids at Reynolds Middle School in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Uh, I spoke to them about LGBTQ topics and uh, cultural humanities and stuff like that. And those kids had a myriad of questions and it really overwhelmed. It literally had me crying because to the fact that people at 12, 13 years old can say, I'm non-binary, I'm trans feminine, tra I'm trans masculine, and like be able to be confident in that, like it's a beautiful thing because when I was in 1998, when I was five years old, and I knew that I was not a regular boy, um, I didn't know what trans feminine was. It didn't exist then. So the fact that people can say I know these terms and I am that, and I'm I know who I am at an early age is beautiful. Um, I don't always um, kind of like take that in as well. Sometimes it's really really hard when you're in it. Um, I I strive for that. I hope for that. I hope that they are you know, seeing me in that light and like, oh, like if Sonny can do it, I can do it too. Um, yeah, but I guess I don't really think about it too much because I'm just kind of like, it's just kind of like, it's inevitable, it's kind of there. Yeah. Like it's what I'm, I feel like it's what I'm supposed to do too. So um, I don't really want to like ask for credit for it because it's just kind of like, uh, this is kind of like what my life, life yeah. is being, you know. Okay. Well, I got I got a question. I always love to ask people this question. So, before you get get ready to go into the ring, or even right now, what is in your playlist? If you can give us just least three songs that's in your playlist that's motivating you, getting ready to go, getting you ready for the day. What are you listening to? Oh, uh, so loaded. Um, I'm listening to 
Oh, wow. Um, I don't <laughs> listen to music before I wrestle because I like to have my mind, like, clear. Okay. So, All right. Sometimes it's honestly, like, I'll meditate. I'll just distract Okay. But if I were to have, like, a, like maybe, like, a workout playlist, obviously, like, Limp Bizkit's on there. Okay. Um, like, a lot, of different, a lot of different, like, rock and new metal stuff, some hip-hop stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome and so one thing that that is really important is the advice that we get um what would you say is the best piece of advice that you've gotten in your career and if you could give a piece of advice to somebody just starting out in professional wrestling what would it be i think they're both the same exact thing really really like um trust your own information really like believe in yourself and what you're doing um, because honestly, if I was to listen to people who were saying, oh my God, the world is not ready for a sunny kiss, I would probably not be here right now because back in, when I started in 2013, that was the case. It was like, I don't think that the world is ready to see someone like you, you know, looking the way you do, very female presenting. Um, you know, I feel like if I would have listened to those naysayers, I probably wouldn't be here. So I feel like trust and believe in what you're doing. Um, sometimes when it's not working, it's not that it's not working, it's just that it hasn't, it hasn't worked yet. But when you manifest it and you can continue to keep pushing through and you're respecting yourself and you're respecting others and you're, con you're constantly building relationships so people can get to know who you really are beyond what they see or what they think, I think that's where it becomes easier and easier to, uh, to maneuver through. And I feel like for anyone who's coming up as an LGBTQ wrestler, I feel like definitely you have to believe in yourself and you have to trust what you're doing. That's a wonderful way to wrap it up. Um, you know, I am, again, such a big fan of yours. Um, uh, it's just so wonderful to talk to you. We really appreciate your time. Of course, AEW is is here right now uh, yeah. in Vegas. Dynamite is Yeah, we're in 702. 702. 702, representing. <laughs> uh, and, uh, of course, Rampage Friday night. And then the big double or nothing is Sunday at T-Mobile. Uh, and also, people, if you can't get out you know to the, the arena you got movie theaters showing it and you also do have the option to get it on pay-per-view so please support aew support sunny um, everything you do again we just love and uh, can't wait to see what the future holds for you and um, so proud so proud quite welcome thank you all right everyone thank you for tuning in and we'll talk to you guys later Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting.